Do you feel like you fumble your way through your small business marketing because most of the time you just don't know what to say? Like you can see that customer in front of you. You know what they're experiencing. You know how you can help. You've got everything you need to do the work to make big changes in their lives, to bring them joy, to bring them relief. But how do you package all that up into words and messaging that will get their attention out there in the ether and bring them your way? Well, this episode, I'm diving into three things that I want you to stop doing right now if you are doing them, because they're probably holding you back. And then I've got one tactic that I want you to start doing, because I think it's going to really boost how your marketing lands with those you're best suited to serve. Without any further ado, let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. So a lot of the small business clients that I deal with find themselves in a place where they're struggling to make their marketing messaging land. Like it can be really hard to kind of think about bring all the words together like because not everyone's not everyone's great at everything so you might be really good at what you're doing but as far as articulating who that's for why they should work with you what makes your approach unique sometimes it can be really hard to bring that language together so we find ourselves kind of fumbling our way through our marketing messaging and it's not quite landing with the right people and it can be this really frustrating barrier because you can see who it is you want to help and you know that you can help them you know that your products and your services just right for them but the messaging is getting in the way the the language how we kind of verbally package it up that's getting in the way from us connecting with the right people this kind of is linked in with the topic I covered in a previous episode about trying to get heard above the noise. Like there is a lot of marketing messaging out there at the moment. Like we're being hit from all sides. You've got TV ads, sponsored posts, radio, um, banner ads. Like anytime we log on to any kind of screen, there's probably some kind of paid sponsorship that's going to hit us. So how do you cut through all that? How do you cut through the noise? How do you get your message to hit home, hit the people that you want to work with right between the eyes and have them have that oh my goodness, where have these guys been all my life? These are, This is the business for me. This is the service provider for me. I've got a bit of a strategy I wanted to share with you. Um, but first, let's just touch on like three key things that I think if you're doing them, stop right now. Three, It's like a mini audit of your marketing strategy. And if you're doing any of these things right now, cut it out straight away because it's only going to be holding you back. So these are my top three, right? First, Stop focusing on whatever algorithm you're trying to game. Stop focusing on trying to win SEO. Stop focusing on trying to beat Instagram or the Facebook algorithm. Because in my perspective, from my perspective, when we focus on the algorithm, we stop focusing on the person on the other side of the screen that we're trying to connect with. 
Like, remember, first and foremost, we're not talking to Google. We're not talking to Facebook. We're not talking to Instagram. These platforms are the vehicle that we use to connect with the person on the other side of the screen. But ultimately, we're still talking to people. And ultimately, we're still talking to the same person. If you've got your target market suite, if you know exactly who your ideal client is, we're talking to that same person, whether it's through Facebook or an email or Instagram. So the minute we start focusing on the person behind the screen and stop trying to game the algorithm, our marketing message is going to gel a lot more because we're, we're focused on having a conversation and not trying to be clever with the tech because the tech isn't our customer. The person behind the screen is. So focus on them. Don't focus on the platform you're trying to game. Secondly, stop opening up your marketing conversations with me and I. Let me give an example. A lot of times when I jump on a website, I'm about to revamp or I get I sort of see stuff coming through on my feed from other um, from other small businesses. It's, oh, we've been doing this for 20 years. I can do this. I'm good at this. And like, you're not wrong to have approached it in that way because it's marketing. We're selling our services. But you wouldn't go into a party. You wouldn't go to a barbecue and jump into a conversation talking about yourself the whole time would you no you wouldn't like again marketing is a conversation we've got we've got to remember that we're talking to people would you stand there and listen to someone talk to them talk about themselves for 20 30 minutes straight no so the way we get around that in marketing is we we start the conversation by showing the people we're talking to that we've identified and we understand their pain points and their problems like Best best way for me to do that is for me to show you, like in my example, so a lot of the small businesses that I work with, actually a lot of the time they already have a website. They're just sick of it or they're frustrated or they've outgrown it and they've got no ability to jump in and go and sort it out themselves. So whenever I launch into my marketing conversations, I have that in mind and so I talk around the whole, are you at a point in your business where you've outgrown your current website and it's almost holding your marketing back. It's not propelling your marketing forward. You can't jump in there and add specials, discounts, new products, new services, exclusive content. You can't use it as a vehicle for your marketing content because it's in a clunky version, it's outdated, or it's on a bit of on a platform that you don't understand, don't have access to, don't have control of. You're being held ransom to a website designer that's gone MIA and you have can't contact them or they can't get back to you quick enough because they're a small operation. I've been there. Um, so by, and by launching into the conversation like that, you can see where I'm going with it. You can see that I'm heading to the whole, if this is you, I would love to help you because I specialize in websites that can be handed over. The platform is really user friendly. The only time I'll probably hear from you is when you want to add stuff and you need a bit of help. Like you might want to add a completely new section. You might want to add a podcast. You might want to add a resource library. Um, so it's not about updating staff members, services, changing contact details. It's about we'll, we'll work together when we start expanding and we start adding new ideas into the, into the mix. And it's really exciting when we get to that point. But can you see how I came at that conversation? Not from straight away. I build really user-friendly websites. I started the conversation by identifying what you need, what you're frustrated with, what solutions you're looking for. That's how we need to word our messaging, whether it's social media post captions, whether it's the messaging on our website, whether it's what you put on a print flyer, the big text, is this you? So when we're marketing our business, 
our business actually is like the footer of that conversation. The front end of that conversation is, I understand you, I understand your problems, I understand your pain points. Let me show you by giving you some examples that you're going to go, oh my God, they, it's like they can read my mind. That's how we have really powerful marketing conversations. So second, first one, stop talking to the screen. Talk to the person instead. Second one, stop making it all about you. No one wants to hear someone chat about themselves. Start with them, bring it around to how you can help. And the third one, stop leaving them hanging. So quite often I'll see some really high impact marketing messaging and there's no, I'm, all, I'm, I'm ready to go, I believe you, I'm on board, what do I do next? There's no call to action, CTA. Make sure everything you do wherever possible has a call to action, CTA. Now, I know myself that sometimes it starts feeling a bit repetitive and salesy or it's like, Give me a book in a call, book in a call, download, like book in a call, put your name and number in here, give me a call, book in a call. Like, and it feels a bit like you don't want people to start engaging with your messaging or start seeing your content coming going, oh, here she comes again with the book of strategy call. So mix it up, but mix it up in a way that's going to be beneficial to them. So do things like save this post so you can come back to it later so you don't forget this. Follow me if you want to have more tips like this because I'm always sharing this kind of content. So if you want more, join my Facebook group. Follow me. Um, if you want a copy of this thing that I'm talking about, head over to my website and download yours. If you want me to follow up with you, if you've got an idea, you've got a question about this, send me an email and tell me how this relates to you. So you're pitching the follow-up, you're pitching this call to action as in their best interest. Save this so you don't forget. Let me know if you want a copy and I'll send you yours. Stay in the loop if you want to know more stuff like this. You're pitching the call to action as being beneficial to them, but you're encouraging them to come further and further into your marketing loop. So calls to action. Don't wind them up with your marketing messaging and then leave them hanging with nowhere to go. Because that's almost like the worst thing you can do. You've poured your heart and soul out there. You've identified their needs. You've shown them how you can be connected to solving the problem. And then you've just left them hanging. They don't know what to do with all that positive energy flowing in your direction. So channel it. Channel it to your social media. Channel it to a Facebook group. Channel it to your website. Channel it to your phone call. But make sure you're channeling it somewhere. Don't wind them up and then leave them with nothing to do with that energy. All right. So they're the three things we're going to stop right away. No matter how much or how little you're investing in your regional small business marketing and no matter what platforms you're showing up on, a website is a critical part of any successful strategy. Why? Well, on social media, you're competing with notifications, tags and cat videos, right? If customers are listening to the radio or a podcast, they need something to Google when your ad catches their interest. And if they get a friendly referral to a product or service that's just right for them, they need to be able to find out more, make an appointment, jump on your newsletter list, or maybe take advantage of an offer. A website can act as a 24-7 salesperson for your small business. Want to know more? Head over to my website, meredithpage.me, see what I did there, and book a free 20-minute chat so we can talk about what kind of website your regional and rural small business needs. That's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H. P-A-I-G-E dot M for marketing, E for expert. And I'll see you in our 20-minute chat. So now I want to tell you about this, this thing that you can start doing as a way to reframing your marketing messaging. And it kind of, it's related to the three. It's related to the three I just went over. It's related to this idea of 
Stop talking to the screen. Stop making it about you. Stop leaving them hanging. Now, what you can do, and this is something that I kind of not stumble across, but piece together after reviewing my own clients, because thinking through the whole target market concept, and normally when we're sort of framing up an ideal client, we first start with like demographics, like where do they live? Um, where are they located? How old are they? Um, how educated are they? What What's important? Like, you know, what are their family values? What's their family situation? What do they do on weekends? That's kind of top level demographic stuff. And it's a good place to start. But again, it's not highly emotive. It's relatable, but it's not emotive. And so when I was looking at my own clients, I noticed that not only are they typically regionally rural based, um, like a mum and dad setup or a solo sort of entrepreneur that's um, looking to create a bit of like financial freedom, uh, looking to work for themselves, looking to expand. There's that common thread, but they also have a very distinct state of mind when they come to me, which I'm which started bubbling to the top. So a lot of them are sick of the way things are normally done in their industry, and they want to make things better. They want to. They, it is that that economic and financial freedom they want for themselves they also want to make things better for their customers they're really passionate about seeing what wasn't being done properly and being the one to set the record straight and make all that better they really care about the people that they serve and they want to they want to improve their lives through whatever vehicle of like service or product that they offer um they're very diligent about making sure that their product or service is sound in terms of um like integrity it's thorough it's well thought out and they're constantly like reshaping it and refining it because they do really believe that what they can do helps people and they want to make sure they do due diligence by that so they kind of want to change the world within the context of their product or service that's that's the um the mindset that they come to me with that's the state of mind that they're in it's like i'm sick of the way things are being done I'm sick of that this is being missed. This is really important. We can't keep glossing over this. My people need this done better. Like they're very fired up and passionate about doing what they do, performing their craft to the best of their ability because that is going to put their people in a better position. It's going to improve their quality of life. And they also, they're also very closely connected to the customer experience still. So they're not so big and their team hasn't got so big. They're not still a very integral part of delivering the product or service. So they're very keenly aware of their customer's pain points, um, how certain things land with their customer. Um, and they, they really still want to be connected to that experience. They don't want to be so, so big and they don't want their team so expansive that they've actually too far removed from the delivery of the service. So that's the state of mind that my people are in. And it's really important that we speak to the state of mind of our customers because that's going to start triggering the emotions that are going to help them make decisions. So, and I need to find a link somewhere to refer people to because I was, I can't remember where I read it, or maybe it's just like accumulation of things I've read and heard over the years. But humans are highly emotive creatures. And so we typically we make decisions with our emotions and then our logic just toddles in afterwards and justifies it and we kind of think it's our logical brain that's made the decision but it's not it's typically our emotive brain which is kind of like in you might have heard it referred to as like lizard brain or like old brain um it's where our instincts live and so when we're making high value decisions or any kind of decisions really we're typically making them with our emotive part of our brain 
And then the logic kind of comes in and says, oh, well, that, we should do that because of X, Y, Z practical reasons. Now, that might sound a bit of like a woo-woo stretch. Let me give you an example. And I want you to, when I give you these examples, I want you to pay attention to what your body does. When I say, when I give you these scenarios, pay attention to how you feel when I, when I tell you this. Okay, so the first one's going to be a little bit out there. Bear with me. This isn't me like inciting violence or anything like that, but I need the example to be extreme so you can understand what happens to your body. Imagine if someone came to you and told you to go and intentionally run over your own dog. Now just pause, sit with that. What did your body do? Now, unless you're a psychopath, in which case, stop listening and get help. Um, Something happened in your stomach, in your chest. There was a very strong no kind of feeling, wasn't there? Like you might have, your chest might have constricted. Your eyebrows might have come together. Like you might have felt your face moving. Go, what? No, I'm not doing that. It's ridiculous. You physically said no. And then your brain might have started ticking over going, how am I going to explain it to the kids? What would people think of me? What would my partner think of me? I love that dog. That dog's like another child to me. Then all these practical reasons would have like tick, 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 come to some sort of rattling in. But your body said no first and you felt it. So hang on to that. Let me give you another example. Imagine if someone said to you, um, would you like a million dollars? How did that feel? Did you suddenly, your chest come up? Did you sort of think, oh, suddenly your brain went, oh, I could, what could I do with a million dollars? Unfortunately, in today's housing market, you might better buy half a house in Sydney. That aside, um, if someone told you, would you like a million dollars? Your chest starts fluttering. Your you start thinking, you start, your energy starts lifting up. Your body is saying, yes, yes, I would like that. And then your logical brain starts going, now with that million dollars, I'm going to tick, 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 ticks off a whole big to-do list. But your body says yes first. Okay. Now, because I know that you're listening to this, you're a small business owner or you want to be a small business owner, but you're like, I also value work-life balance, family. These are my peeps. I know that's why you're here. I have a third one for you. So take a breath, take a moment. Let's flush the two last two examples out of our brain. Third one. Okay. Imagine I'm like your business coach or I'm a business coach you want to engage. And I'm telling you that in order to be successful, you have to work 150 hours a week to get going. How does your body feel hearing that? Do you feel like, do you feel your shoulders drop? Do you kind of like feel your neck go loose because your head's like, oh, really? No, no. Something happened in your body that made you go, either you recoiled or you disagreed or something in you went, no, your body again, your body said no. And that's because of what I know of your values if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, you don't want to have to work 150 hours to live a good life. You believe in your waters, you know, whatever sort of where you keep your intuitions, completely up to you. Wherever you keep that, you believe with that, that it's possible to live a good life and not have to sacrifice family time, quality time, mental health, boundaries. You have to sacrifice any of that to make that work. Which is why I firmly believe why you're listening to this. So that's a pretty powerful kind of way to show you that our bodies, i.e. our emotions, we that, that makes a decision far quicker than your logical, practical brain. So 
The moral to the story is this. Speak to emotions. Speak to your ideal customer's state of mind. Speak to what's going to time with an emotional reaction. Don't give them facts and figures. Don't tell them how long you've been doing this for. Don't tell them about your degrees and certificates. Don't give them don't give them quantitative reasons to do business with you. Don't give them something that can be numbered, measured, categorized, ranked. Give them qualitative reasons to do business with you. Give them the emotional need. Talk about what is the result going to make them feel like? How do they feel now? How can you identify what they're feeling now? And how can you promise them a better life in the capacity of your product or service once they work with you? I'm going to leave you with that, guys. Please don't go run over your dog. I wish I could give you a million dollars. And no, you don't need to work 150 hours a week to live a good life. So your body's onto something. Make sure you speak to your customer's state of mind next time you want to connect with them and work your magic with them. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. Did this episode happen to spark an idea in your business brain? I'd love to hear how this topic helped you. So take a screenshot of you listening right now Post it to Instagram and tag me at meredithpage.me and tell me in the caption what your big takeaway was from this episode. Thanks, guys. See you next time.